Hello, I'm Ramey. This is Dakota. And this is Leveling Duo. Today, I'm going to try and talk about Elder Scrolls or Oblivion. Okay. Yes. You talked about 100%ing DMC last week, and this week, yes. this week, the first game I can remember 100%ing is Oblivion. It came out in 2006, and I played it on the Xbox 360. Now, it isn't as difficult to 100% as what you did. Uh, uh, I don't know. Like, with DMC, like, a lot of that game became muscle memory. With Oblivion, it's a different beast as far as uh, completion goes. Inherently, just because of the kind of game that it is. DMC, you just had to worry about basically just getting, like, triple S rank on uh, your missions and finding all the collectibles. That was about it. You repeat that enough times and you can do it in your sleep. With Oblivion, uh, yeah, you do it enough times. You can definitely, you know, do stuff kind of automatically. But it's, I think, harder to 100% a game like Oblivion than something like DMC. The hardest part of Oblivion would be the... um, (laughs) The Nurn Root quests. Yeah, I've always heard those are very notorious. I've only played Skyrim, not Oblivion, so... But the Crimson Nurn Root? Gotta hate it. Yeah, I learned my lesson, so I didn't finish that in Skyrim. Because the quest in the long run is not worth what you receive in Oblivion. It's just not worth it. Not at all. Well, it's understandable. I mean, I'm happy I didn't want to get the achievement, you know? Mm-hmm. And the other big deal in Oblivion is the Shivering Isles, where quests diverge. You can choose Dementia or Mania, and you can only get the achievement by choosing one or the other. You get two different achievements. Hmm. I've had to replay the game to get that, because I didn't know that at the time, and that means I was cut out of that quest option, so I had to replay. Yeah, that always sucks. I know now I could have saved and went back, you know. Well, hindsight, as they say, is twenty twenty, but... Yeah, I think it was a lot better of a game just than a Skyrim because the quests were so different and the location was so bright and nice. I like a snowy scene. It's one of my favorite in any media or in real life. Mm-hmm. But Oblivion, I'll never forget escaping the prison with Uriel Septim at my side. Emperor Uriel Septim and his blades until he died. They killed Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. I went through all that mess and I was thinking, this is okay. I've never really got into a RPG before, quite like this. I hadn't watched anything about the game, so I didn't know what I was wandering into until I exited the Imperial sewers and seen this beautiful world. Mm-hmm. It took my breath away, and I had to pause the game and have someone come and look at how nice it looked. I had a similar experience with Skyrim the first time I booted it up, which Skyrim for me was my really first introduction into playing Elder Scrolls games, which I remember with you back in school. Like, if there was a master of oblivion, it was you. I remember carrying the guidebook to school. You carried it like the Bible. I did. I toted that book around and I read it and I had to plan out my next side quest or whatever I was doing. Because sometimes, unlike newer games, it didn't always give you the details. Mm -hmm. And there was ways to mess stuff up. And I like to get the extra rewards, especially for like um, the Dark Brotherhood, which probably had the best quest in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. I also had the best character in the game, Lucien Lachance, your boss, I guess, member of the Black Hand. They done him real wrong. But in the Shivering Isles, the DLC, mm-hmm. I think it's the best DLC I've ever played on any game. And that's the one with Shagorth, right? Yes, Lord Shagorth and the Prince of Madness. Spoiler, you become the Prince of Madness at the end of that questline. 
pseudo Prince of Madness. Yes, but we're not sure. Since he's in Skyrim, I'm guessing you are the Prince of Madness, seeing as it's 200 years later. I would say so. I guess maybe you've adapted into the role, possibly. I mean, like, it's Bethesda lore, so... They haven't really discussed what happens to Shagorth, I don't think. He does mention some stuff about Oblivion in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. He talks about Martin Septim turning into a dragon god, and that hardly seems fair. Which, in that case, then, would it not be then considered canon in a way that the hero of the Oblivion Crisis is actually the new Shagorth that you encounter in the Skyrim DLC? It would make sense because Shagorth, the original, has now Jigalag, the god that was stuck inside of him and wandering out in the plains of oblivion somewhere. Mm-hmm. They're probably working mm. on his new empire. Somewhere. Yeah. My favorite location, I think, to stay in the game, which is kind of weird, there's a lot of cities. It's mm-hmm. about, is Anvil. It's a eastern city, I guess. Okay. It's a port city. You can get a house real cheap there if you don't mind fighting a demi-lich that's inhabiting it. Mm. And Not too bad. No. 5,000 gold compared to the 10,000 for a shack in the Imperial City. <laughs> you can eventually get to nice home and skin grab, but all the DLCs come out. You get a wizard's tower for free if you don't mind furnishing it for a bit of gold. has spell. I don't know what the things are. It's, it's a tool that lets you create spells. It's like a podium. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. So kind of like similar to an enchanting table from Skyrim. It's like an enchanting table, but much more. You can make a spell mixed with other spells and uh, you could cast a spell that would do 10 foot of fire damage and also summon a lich or a wraith in the middle of it to fight your enemies. Mm. There's a lot more you could do. So, so the equivalent to that in Skyrim, I guess, would be when you become a master in enchanting and you can do like dual enchantments and combine different enchantments. It's as close as it gets, and I always r- rush towards that in Skyrim when I play. You know, as much as you talked about, like, being able to, like, mix and match your spells and stuff like that in school, like, when Skyrim came out, like, I looked forward to being able to do that so much, and then I was like, this is cool, but I'm still disappointed. Oh, I was disappointed as well, because... Still fun, but... The Undead, and before the uh, Legendary Edition came out here recently and added the new uh, necromancy spells, the Undead in a Skyrim was just... You find a corpse and hopes it's a strong person and you have a spell strong enough to resurrect them. Mm-hmm. Now, Oblivion, you could summon, like I said, skeletons, like three different types of skeletons. You could summon ghosts up to wraiths and things with cutlasses. Which you could the summon liches. Are, yeah, which I know the wraiths are pretty mean. They are, and you can only attack them with silver, enchanted, or daedric weapons. Hmm. So most bandits early in the game, a lot of them carry glass, stuff like that. Other dead things, I think they can, you summon them, they can hurt them. And the Daedra, there's so many, it is uh, under attack. You are under attack in the game by the Daedra, so I guess it makes sense there's more of them. Mm -hmm. But you get like Spider Daedra, which is like this lady on top of a spider's body. And you get, I think it's called Xarxes. Xerxes, big old tall giant of a man. Mm -hmm. You got... Your regular Dramora, different types of Dramora up to the Lord. There's just so much more. Cliff Lemaires, I think they're called. They're like the best thing you could have on your side. They have mm-hmm. excellent armor and they slow you down and hit you for decent damage the whole time. You could use those summons until late in the game. So, yes, definitely a lot more options than just the different different uh, Atronachs like in Skyrim, and a few undead options. Yes. Even with the DLCs that's added a couple of extras, you're still nowhere near your options like what you have in Oblivion. 
None at all. I was happy to see them. It's been years since Skyrim came out and they finally released it last year. The DLC that allows that. I mean, it's been out in creator content, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, whatever they call their uh, modding, but I'm not a modder. I don't like to do that. So I never used it. Yeah, neither am I. But when it came out on an official version of the game, I happily accepted it. (laughs) Zombies. I miss summoning zombies, like dread zombies, headless moldy looking zombies that have a miasma coming off of them now dragon priests are kind of like liches in their own way kind of yeah i mean i guess that's kind of like one of the closest you get to like a lich lich in the traditional sense versus kind of like the draugr you know like death lords those are just kind of like really powerful barbarians well essentially like the way i kind of understand is like the stronger the draugr meaning that the stronger they were in life so yeah whereas with the lich like there's the inherent like magical component to that the draugr get shouts that's pretty dangerous they'll constantly knock your weapons out of your hand or send you flying across the room which i mean like using a thume like see at, at first like i was like "Ooh, i'm the dragonborn you know like i'm the only one that can use this and then all of a sudden like they're shouting at me and i'm like what the hell is this yeah i was lied to i guess they're supposed to be so ancient that they've had them since before the dragons fail. Which, I mean, like, essentially it's like the way of the voice, which the graybeards are proof that you can learn it, but... Might explain why they only know a few. Some people used to argue, too, that because, uh, what was his name? Um, the... Ulfric? No, the guy in Oblivion that turned into the... Martin Septim. Yes. If that he was technically dragonborn. Most of the Septims were should have been, I believe, because they are dragon-blooded. Yes, so meaning that they should have inherently been able to use shouts. They just never bothered to travel north. <laughs> Which, I don't know, like... Oh, there was no dragon souls for them to absorb either. Well, I mean, like, they were just, like, inherently, like, more the natural dragonborn. Whereas, like, you and Skyrim, I think, are just kind of like the random. Yes, the the new... I was disappointed in the Dark Brotherhood quest in Skyrim when I killed the Emperor and they didn't bother to name me Emperor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, sometimes just, you know, you want something, you don't get it. Everybody else in the game, when you kill them off, if they're a leading position, you normally take their spot. Or they die on their own. That happens a lot. Well, maybe the design team at Bethesda decided that you didn't need to be Emperor. Uh, Clearly. The Dark Brotherhood was a huge difference in that game, in the new, in Skyrim. Skyrim, it was a little dull. And I like how they are introduced to them, you know, mm-hmm. she has you pick some victims. Well, it seems kind of dull to us, considering, like, how much we've played Skyrim over and over. Which, I mean, like, the Dark Brotherhood compared to the Dark Brotherhood in Oblivion, though. Like, Oblivion's, like, on a whole nother level. You kill somebody, eventually they know you're going to do it, so you kill some handsome person, and you get a note saying, we know, of a black hand on it. I think you have that happen if you do the right things in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. You kill the orphanage lady. You have to kill Grelod, the kind, in Skyrim to get that started, or you pretty much have to go this nice little way of doing things. Mm-hmm. I always just run up and kill the lady instead of finding the kid. <laughs> because there's no point. I played it so much, I know just to go kill Grelod. And then, what's her name? Out Astrod? Astrid. Astrid? Yes, Astrid comes to threaten me and initiate me, or what have you. Um, in Sky or in Oblivion, you kill, eventually you will kill somebody, they assume, and you do. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I do. I know exactly who I go to to kill uh, a stable hand because he does nothing besides feed me if I'm a vampire. And um, I go kill him and then sleep in his bed until a nice invisible man named Lucien Lachance shows up to offer me membership in the Dark Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And he has like the coolest voice. Every time I hear his voice somewhere else, I know that is Lucien Lachance. He shows up in Skyrim as a phantom you can get if you complete a quest the right way. Oh, really? For the Dark Brotherhood. Yes, you summon him, and he's like a power you can get and from the Dark Brotherhood, and you summon him, and he'll walk around and say, and you poison people or attack people and slice them up or whatever, and it says, um, he'll say, in my day, we used poison apples. And hmm. it is. It's a big part of the game. You get poison apples from him. He could, and you poison folks. Hmm. Nice little Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, I love hearing him just chat away in Skyrim. <laughs> mm. He was murdered by members of the Black Hand that had survived wrongfully. He wasn't the one that was trying to kill off the Dark Brotherhood. It was somebody else in the in the Black Hand. It was it was very disappointing. I did a lot of work to save that man, and then he did nothing. The guy who was trying to um, do it all to kill the Night Mother in the long run just um, he he ran up to her and tried to attack her with a standard ebony dagger, and it does nothing to a ghost. Absolutely useless. It got there. What's it going to do? Kill the ghost? <laughs> A demigod ghost? Yeah, it doesn't seem like the smartest idea. It's pointless. You kill him, and then there's just two members of the Black Hand left. You and some other woman. And the Night Mother says, you will be my listener. And now you're in charge of the Dark Brotherhood. As you are. Yeah, you have a sanctuary to take care of. I don't know who they appoint to take care of the other sanctuaries. Uh, they, they don't even mention that. It looks like as the listener, you should know about all of them. Like, if you ever truly, like, complete a Bethesda game... Like, your character is, like, truly the busiest and most important person in the, I don't know, like, at least in your little, like, time period, possibly. Yeah, I mean, the Emperor has nothing on you. Like, you can be Emperor, replace the Emperor, impersonate the Emperor, whatever you wish to do. There is a weird thing that's always got me about Oblivion. If you go, during the Thieves' Guild quest, you go into the basement of the Imperial Palace, there is a throne the size of a two-story house, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I never understood what it's there for unless it was from the Aliens, because the Imperial City was built by the Aliens, the Elvish community that was there before we took over. Mm-hmm. They weren't a good bunch of people. They were slavers. Which, it, isn't there a quest in Oblivion where, like, you're exploring the, the ruins and... Like, the person that's, like, in charge of the investigation essentially, like, thinks that they're, like, alien ruins. You might have misheard because they're called aliens. I don't remember that. That might be true, uh, though. Well, I probably misheard, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay. I, I can't remember it, but I'm not an expert. I, I know a lot about it, but I'm not great at remembering every little detail. Names, I'm very bad at names. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. They're, the Major's Guild was a, a interesting quest. The main bad guy in it, I believe, is the main bad guy in Morrowind. So mm. it's like he's been downgraded to just side quest. Or, side quest boss. Yes. Uh, the King of Worms, a necromancer, which I, mm. I'm a necromancer. I felt that's the one shortcoming. I, I wish you could have taken over the guild on the necromancer side. Yeah. I mean, I did. I was a complete necromancer. So <laughs> <laughs> they we frown on that, they say. The Archmage Traven has banned the use of necromancy within the guild. And here I am running around with a, a wraith and lich. And <laughs> it, there's a few odds and ends about the game that I could, I wished wasn't the way they were. Mm-hmm. Like people complain about the faces. They don't bother me really that much at all because I, I remember them looking that way and they don't. Well, I mean, for the time it was released, like 
I mean, like, yeah, possibly could have been done a little bit better, but as much content as there is in the game, like, the graphics aren't too terrible. No. It came out in 2006, and Morrowind, the game before it, the third game, came out in 2002. So it wasn't like they took as much time as they do these days either. They did mm-hmm. a lot with what they had. A whole lot. <laughs> hmm. You know, that's, what is it, four years? They had like four years hmm. to make that huge game compared to all the time they've had in Skyrim. And most of what they do in Skyrim is just visuals. Because I know it ain't mechanics. Yeah. Uh, that didn't change an awful lot. <laughs> there, There's less in it, actually, in my opinion. Which um, Skyrim was supposed to be kind of like a soft like reboot into the series of Elder Scrolls, wasn't it? To kind of like make new players a little bit like easier, eased into the yeah franchise. I remember being in the changing room in Jim when I was first telling everybody about this amazing game I had found about mm. some nice GameStop employee convinced me to buy it instead of a shooter. I wished I could say thank you to these people now. <laughs> um, and I was telling people in the locker room about how good it was. And I had like three people tell me it was just too much, what we'd call crunch now for them. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on a wonderful, like weird looking experience. And then the voice acting was another big problem. Everybody sounded the same. If they were the same race, mm-hmm. they didn't sound like they did in the previous conversation at all different recordings like you'd say something somebody ask them a question they'd tell you the answer mm-hmm. and then it would change to a completely different voice for the next question you ask them really yes it was it was jarring damn immersion breaking but it didn't really kill me yeah i mean like shit like that sucks yeah but they had so much to handle on what i just said it was like four years i can understand and they the dlc was good like i said they gave you the wizard's mm-hmm. tower they gave you the fortress for the fighter characters, an off branch, a different version of the Dark Brotherhood uh, as a layer. Yeah, they really put a lot of the time and effort into the DLC. Yeah, like um, what else? You got the get the pirates layer underneath the anvil. I didn't care for it. I'm not a. I, I like the Thieves Guild quest. It was okay, but having another pirates type layer to work on it really wasn't all that for me. Um, the best small DLC that came out was Marus's Razor, the biggest dungeon in the game. And since you're fighting Mayra's Dagon through the whole main quest, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a shrine in the game. So they added one as DLC, and you go through all that and get the Mayra's Razor, which you put together in Skyrim. M- members of the Mythic Dawn, no, members of anti-Mythic Dawn people mm-hmm. have kept it safe all those years until you, as the Dragonborn, shows up and exert your authority. I never used Mayra's Razor. I did use the Wabajack. <laughs> the Knights of the Nine. That was an interesting quest. I didn't care for it. I don't like having to be a good person and constantly visiting <laughs> shrines to do things. Mm-hmm. So I was always being bad. And now when I replay it, I don't even do it no more. I don't care. I'll get tired of hearing the guy outside of Anvil, my favorite city, screeching at the top of his lungs about the nine is going to fall or whatever. And they, well, they, they kind of did. Um, by the next yeah. game, we only have eight in a way. <laughs> Another downside is the problem you have with all the Oblivion Gates. Mm-hmm. There's a few more than they need to be, and a lot of them are just copy and paste. The so, ones outside the city aren't, but... Exactly what were the Oblivion Gates? They were the means of Mayrus Dagon breaking the wall between Oblivion and Tamriel. So essentially they were invasion points from another dimension. Yes, they had to kill off the Emperor's dragon blood to get the fires that protected us and the barrier to go out. And okay. When they got that down by killing off the emperor and his children and installed the amulet of the kings, the fires went out and Amarus Dagon's gates could open. And you get enough of them, eventually he could come through himself. You can get a 
uh, out of the oblivion gates to go inside fight off a bunch of daedra and other creatures mm. get the stone the portal will shut and then you can use those stones as like enchanting your items in oblivion or skyrim like keystones or something i think that's what they were called maybe but you could use those i only used them to enchant something and sell it you know nice way to make some money yeah i do cheat a little bit at the very beginning of the game now where i played it so much i I was actually just about to say like are you going to tell the story (laughs) of how you get some of the best gear in the game at the very beginning by basically cheesing the system clavicus vile in his shrine's mission in oblivion is to collect umbra from bulls right outside the imperial city is where and across the a sizable lake mm. is where her lair is and she is still killable early in the game but she's like the toughest enemy you can come across in the wild early in the game mm. i mean she is you have to be a high level a fairly high level just to take the mission but you can go right on in there the alien ruin where she's chilling and hide away in a corner shoot her with an arrow or a spell and she'll come charging you and she'll chase you all the way out of the ruin Mm-hmm. Do a loading screen, and if you can take off all your clothes and run and swim across that lake fast enough, you can get to the Imperial City, where she attacks you, and the guards, the Imperial Legion, show up to kill her. She will take on like twelve at a time and kill mm-hmm. most of them, and then they respawn. Of course, other ones show up, and eventually they take her down. But she's got half the district taken out by then. But that's what I would do. I would let her just take out all those guys. I take their armor, go sell it immediately. <laughs> take her armor, which is ebony armor. At level one or two, I would just go take her armor and that ultimate sword, Umbra, until Shagorth DLC stuff come out. It was the best sword in the game. Mm. So I'd be like level one or two running around with Umbra in ebony armor. The only problem is I'd have to get my smithing to repair it because it cost a fortune. So you were like a sword and shield kind of player, like sword and spell or? In the game, you could only have a sword and a shield or a sword and a torch and you press the right bumper. If you're playing on a console to um, cast a spell, you wouldn't really have two spells in a hand. You'd have a sword and a spell mm. and a shield or a torch. And I would travel about with a shield, a sword, and a necromancy spell. Mm. So I would just summon something to be beat up or to do the beating up while I'd done some serious chopping away with Umbra or whatever I was using at the time. Now, eventually I would ditch the Umbra armor because it's just so heavy early in the game for me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to repair. I'd, Umbra's ebony armor. I ditched that, but I couldn't ditch Umbra the sword. But it weighed nothing. It's a quest item. I wouldn't even be able to turn it over to the quest giver for many levels. And I never turned it over anyway. <laughs> I kept Umbra. And it was a soul stealing sword. So I'd have, I could fill up soul gems early. Another thing about Oblivion, you couldn't find black soul gems very easily. Necromancy was banned. Well, it pretty much is in Skyrim as well. Like, you could still find them if you knew where to go, but... You could get a way to make them halfway through the Mage's Guild quest. But you had to make sure you do all the purchasing you need to out of the... Uh, I think it's Burma. The one closest to Skyrim. The city closest to Skyrim. You had to get aid for them. But you had to do all the buying you wanted to out of the most northerly's city gate or city's uh, chapter of the Mage's Guild. Otherwise, they would all be killed off by necromancers halfway through the Mage's Guild quest and you couldn't buy those spells anymore. Oh, no. Yeah, I learned that the hard way, too. I always branch out. Replay value. (laughs) Yes. I I will always get myself all the recommendations from, you have to get recommendations to get into the Arcane University, Mm -hmm. which is attached to the Imperial Palace, pretty much, Imperial City. You have to get all the recommendations from all the cities in the area to get in there in the first place, to gain access to the cool books and things you need, all the higher spells that people will sell, and you get in there. 
But you know, that's where I stop. I'd stop there until I bought everything out of the Burma <laughs> Mages Guild <laughs> or stole what I could steal because they all die. So I would do other things like the Thieves Guild and stuff until I got enough money to buy it all. Smart. It was a good, I mean, it's still fun. I find difficulty in going back and playing it now because of when you get to a certain level, a lot of the enemies who get in the dungeons are just the same thing and mostly liches. They're just liches everywhere. <laughs> it gets a little old taking on the same enemies. It isn't like Oblivion where there's like five or six different levels of different creatures you come across. It's just liches and skeletons in dungeons that you find along Cyrodiil. Everywhere had the Oblivion Crisis, by the way. Those, those mm-hmm. gates were popping up everywhere. I do believe the Argonians fought them off on their own, though. Yes, I believe in Skyrim it's actually like recorded in one of the books for the Oblivion Crisis that the Argonians were the only like race that were that was able to actually repel the forces from Oblivion. I mean, and good for them. Goes to show just how fierce they really are. Uh yeah, I believe what was it the the Dark Elves, the Dunmer kept them as slaves for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there was a few revolts going on during the time of Oblivion as well. So they had revolts going on against the Dunmer. At the same time, they had the Oblivion Crisis, and they still came out on top. <laughs> I've only played as Argonian once. I've always played as a Breton in Oblivion. And now in Skyrim, I play as a High Elf, just so I can get my necromancy up quicker. Hmm. A conjuration. I don't know. Like When I play Skyrim, honestly, as bad as I hate to say it, I've never actually like played through and beat the game completely. I've always... Just kind of like gotten so far, and then I'm just like, eh, I want to try something different and restart the game. I can't remember the last time I restarted it and didn't carry through, at least to killing Alduin. Uh, don't judge you for it. A lot of people didn't finish it. I came in a hair of not playing Skyrim or Oblivion all the way through because I got to a point where I had difficulty taking on the King of Worms, the Necromancer. Mm-hmm. But I eventually took him down without lowering the difficulty. A lot of games now I don't complete. A lot of the older ones I did. Well, with like newer games, like unless you just really want to put in the time and the grind and the frustration for some games, not all games are extremely frustrating to 100% them. Like older games, in a sense, were like more just along the lines of beating the game, not so much as having to collect everything. Yeah. In Skyrim, any Elder Scrolls game or any Bethesda mm-hmm. game, I'm usually a hoarder. A lot of people are. I don't collect things like cheese and stuff you see in memes, Mm. but I do collect unique items and stuff like that. That's where your homes come in. Yes, all the player homes. There's so many nice ones. And if you need an early cheap one, well, with all the DLC now, you got a bunch of free ones. But before the DLC, you had the Anvil Manor, the Haunted Manor, if you just took on that lich, Mm -hmm. which you could manage. He does like to shoot fireballs, but you can manage. They had a lot more spell options the enemies did in this in the older game, Oblivion. They would shoot all kinds of stuff at you compared to like Skyrim. You get Fire Mage or whatever, and they'll shoot like two spells, hmm. like two fire spells or different types of mages, you know, Ice Mage or whatever. You can always know what's coming at you. It's going to be a big ball or a small streak. Mm-hmm. And Oblivion, they could just shoot. If it had a staff, he would use that a lot, like a fire staff or whatever staff and staffs were wild then you had like some of them had like five spells on them if you got really late in the game it was wild yeah that, and that kind of like goes back to what we were talking about earlier with how in oblivion you had the ability to craft all the different spells with different abilities so after a certain point like it just kind of makes sense that you're going to get to that level you know like a high enough difficulty to where you're going to get 
crazy items like that. Which I really do kind of wish that Skyrim had some more capability like that. Which I know earlier we were talking about, uh, before the cast, about uh, a project that you told me that a few uh, programmers have been working about for the last several years called uh, Sky Oblivion. Yeah, and I, I like the looks of that, but I probably won't play it. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of giving it a try if it uh, ever fully comes out. I mean, you could always get a Steam Deck, hook it to your TV, and have at it. It's the most affordable way to play these better games these days. True. Sky Oblivion, I haven't kept up with it. I see important things that happen, and I'm not 100% sure. I think Bethesda plucks up the decent developers that work on these things, kind of like uh, Fallout London. Mm-hmm. They plucked up some of those people to work on with them. <laughs> they just snatched them from another project and hired them. Mm. It's a good choice, if you ask me. True. A lot of these modders really... Should be on the yeah, team. because you can tell they have a, a liking for it, and and they they good at what they do. Well, not so much just liking, but a passion. Uh, it, yeah, it takes a passion to get into something like that. I don't think I would, because I'm not a fan of doing it myself. If I had the skills, I don't think I would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm more of a, if I'm going to do that at all, it will be quality of life kind of thing. Like, make the game's menus better, mm-hmm. or the UI better, you know? Mm-hmm. I like things to stay um, canon <laughs> the way they should be. Right. I really don't have much more to say about the game other than try it. If you if you don't want to try it and play it yourselves, I recommend finding some nice streamer you like that's played it. Look it up. There's a lot of people who've played it through. I was going to say, do you have any recommendations? I yeah. know there's a few streamers that you watch. One of the newer playthroughs that I like is done by many a true nerd on YouTube. That would... He 100% of the game, had fun doing it. He went around. I never went. It was nice to see someone do it. And he did go Conjuration. That was the one thing we had in common. Oh, yeah. So, John, he's pretty funny. Yeah. So he's got a, a nice channel. I'd, if I was you, I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> he did an Oblivion playthrough. And if you like Fallout, he's got a bunch of Fallout stuff, too. I think his channel started with Fallout content. Which is also a game that we'll be covering uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, not too long away. But uh, in a throwback to our earlier episode, our stormy episode, where I attempted to talk about my 100%ing playthrough of DMC Devil May Cry, definitely a game that I recommend to play if you're a fan of the kind of hack and slash, over the top, dramatic, kind of gunslinging, sword fighting, you know, demon killing kind of game. When it comes to 100%ing it, if you want to get on the grind, I say go for it. Just be well aware that you're going to be having many of a rage moment, I would say. I would imagine so. I know I definitely did uh, have to take a few breaks during some of the difficulties. But definitely worth a try. Uh, I played it on Xbox 360 uh, back in the day. Still available in some places. Recommend trying to hit up your local GameStop or game stores. Especially, you know, those stores run by your local guys. Give a shout out to them. Try to help them out. And a lot of times they can help hook you up too. For those that's interested, uh, just doing a quick Google search here. It looks like you can get uh, the DMC Devil May Cry Definitive Edition, which I do recommend playing uh, playing again. Very stylish game. Banging soundtrack. And like I said, if you're a fan of the original uh, Devil May Cry series, this uh, reboot here. It's not canon to the original storyline, but definitely worth a playthrough if you're a fan of the series. 
and it looks like uh, you're going to be paying around on average about $30 for it, so not too bad on your pocket for, uh, I'd say at least, if you're a hardcore player and pretty good at the game and know what you're doing, you can still get at least a good, you know, like six, eight hours out, but if it's your first time playing through these games, you're going to have several hours of grinding. <laughs> I mean, it's fun, too, if it's your first time. Oh, so. yeah. Like, and if you're more of a story player, play out the cutscenes, put it on easy mode, and just go for it. Like, no shame in that. Have fun. That's the point of the game. That's why I've always played games, because they're fun. Yep. How how old was Dante in it, do you think? Uh, In this, I think he's supposed to be betrayed as kind of like a... Not so much a teenager, but just kind of like a young adult. So he's probably like somewhere around like between like 18, 19, 20. I always kind of wondered, but didn't bother looking it up. I knew he was younger, but I didn't know how young. <laughs> Oblivion is easy to come by if you have a PC. If you have an old Xbox 360, you could have to... I think you could still buy it. I know Oblivion is free on Game Pass, on Xbox Game Pass, and probably PC Game Pass as well. I know it is. I've actually found it on both. Bethesda is owned by... Microsoft now, and all their games are free on Game Pass. Not the DLC, though. Well, still got to get that extra dollar where they can. Yeah, the only DLC you really need is maybe one of the homes, like the Wizard's Tower. Do not buy the horse armor. Mm. Why Uh, not? (laughs) It's useless. (laughs) Ah. It's useless and it's hideous. Mm. Two sets of armor. Maybe tomes is a good one. It was them introducing the idea of finding spell tomes instead of just learning them from somebody. Mm Mm-hmm. So we see that carried over into the new game, clearly, because you just buy the tome from somebody. True. In Oblivion, all you did was learn it that way until the DLC for tomes came out. If you're going to get a DLC, get the Shivering Isles, which is Shagorf's Realm mm-hmm. of Oblivion. In my opinion, you'd skip Knights of the Nine. Get one of the houses, whichever one suits the best play style you like. I like the Wizard's Tower because it gives me access to the spell-making stuff early in the game compared to going through the guild quests. To unlock the ability to make spells. That's a bunch of random stuff to say, but if they don't give you the DLC, I need to at least recommend something. I will definitely say, though, I do have plans for in the future, hopefully near future, to be doing a playthrough of Oblivion myself. And if all things go according to plan, hopefully uh, y'all might actually be able to catch me on stream uh, playing some games myself uh, whenever I kind of get all that kind of stuff together. Uh, might be... Uh, Working with Raimi here on doing a stream or something and figuring something out there. And when that happens, we'll definitely let y'all know. Yes. Isn't the only podcast I do. I've created like a little podcast network called Gruesome Gaming Group. You can find us on Twitter, Gruesome Gaming G. That's a good way to get a hold of any of us is on that Twitter account. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link in the description below for the other podcasts on the network. There's one called Brother Knows Quest. It's where I tell my sister Beth about all the tabletop role-playing games I got and try to get her opinion on whichever one I take down there to talk about that week. Yeah, definitely check it out. Dakota introduced me to these games. I really enjoy them. <laughs> and another one that my sister and I do is called Horrific History and Hauntings. It's a where she tells me about, well, pretty much it's in the title. It's either a haunting or something bad that's happened in history or something bad people have done in history or a mix of all of it or just some weird little history fact we like to bring up she likes to tell me about the last episode we done it's come out sunday was about theme parks and all the bad stuff that's happened there and occasional hauntings they say there's a lot of and it reminds me of some scooby-doo stories it really does uh except this is just corporate greed or negligence (laughs) um 
But definitely check it out, though, especially if you're into kind of like the more dark and morbid side of history. I would really appreciate if you look there. Also, if you click on the link that takes you to the podcast webpage, it'll have all of our podcasts there. You can just click on go to the webpage and it'll take you directly to whatever podcast you click on's homepage. There will be an option to tip if you want to. We don't really ask you to do that. It helps keep the show hosted to keep it distributed. That's nice. Yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate any and all uh, tips and donations. Just kind of helps make sure that we can keep doing what we're doing. But like I said, it's not a necessity. Well, hence why it's a tip donation. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a t- <laughs> But we really appreciate you listening. I'm Ramey. This is Dakota. And this has been Leveling Duo. Logging out. Logging out. <laughs>